Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But you don't succeed When you get what you want But not what you need When you feel so tired But you can't sleep Stuck in rivers I will try Thompson Lozan Gotta inspire you, Anthony, doesn't it? Yeah, that if that doesn't make uh, some Islander fans want to run through a wall right now or you know get pumped up, you gotta check your pulse after that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, what a what a you know for me at least uh, unspe- unexpected turn of events. Uh, you know, I was I was away at Great Wolf Lodge with the family when that news broke on on Saturday. So unfortunately, I wasn't able to you know get on here with you or or do anything at the time. But um, yeah, certainly from my end, uh, certainly surprising, not in the sense that it was undeserved, but surprising in the sense that I had said that I didn't think at this point in the season that that Lou Lamorella was going to make a coaching change. Um, but, you know, here we are. Lane Lambert is, is has been removed and uh, Hall of Famer Patrick Waugh is now the Islanders coach. And um, it's actually kind of surreal to see Patrick Waugh like an Islander colors, um, you know, but. Uh, I'm here for it. I'm, I'm excited for it. And I'm looking forward to see what he can do here now. Well, because uh, I skipped our introduction, so I made sure I did it sort of haphazardly right there. Just welcome back, everybody, because it's a special episode of Big Apple Hockey. We're actually going to be doing more of these. This one is dedicated just to you Islander fans. So that way, because uh, we got the big show tomorrow night, where we'll be talking about the Rangers and the Islanders and going around the NHL. But uh, we have a new show we are developing for this time slot, and it'll be great. It'll be Anthony leading the way on, on a brand new co-host that's going to be in on there. But Anthony, I missed you on Sunday. Or was it Sunday? No, Saturday, Saturday. when they broke this news. Saturday, yeah. And uh, and I had to go on talk about it, and it was such a shock because we were all resigned, as you said before. 
they aren't going to get rid of Lane Lambert. And now it's almost like ding dong, the witch is dead. We could all be singing right now. Um, <laughs> but I got frustrated. I don't even have a dog in this race, but I got frustrated for you watching what you were going through and going, oh my God, what? This is sort of like anyone was better. Seriously, they could have plucked off anyone from the first row. <laughs> they get Patrick Waugh, who was a Jack Adams uh, award winner. And uh, it's it's somebody that it will definitely light a fire under their ass the rest of the season. <laughs> now, just a reminder. Yeah. Do you think they left any hair gel from Lane Behind? This is, by the way, this was something that um, even, even my fiance picked up, Anthony. Because you were just calling him hair gel the rest of the time. <laughs> yeah. So, um, your no, thoughts again, on the postmortem? Like again, I, I was I was certainly surprised by it. Uh, you know, I I think that you know it, it was a long time coming. Um, you know, I, I would say that after that loss against the Blackhawks, even though they got a point and they came down three one, you should never be in that situation to begin with. I, I kind of said to myself like. You know, if there's any point to to make this move, um, you got you got to make it now. And you know, with that said, like it, it wasn't a case of they lose to the Blackhawks. You know, he, he calls up Patrick Waugh that night and hires him the next day. I think that this was probably in the works for for quite some time. Um, my estimation is that lose doubts about Lambert first arose uh, in November when I won that 0-4 and three stretch. Uh, and then obviously the, the Islanders turned it around. So I think he was safe for a little bit. Um, but for me, my, my guess is that after they, they had that loss to the Peng, that horrific loss to the Penguins seven, nothing on right after Christmas, December 27th. Um, you know, and I could be wrong. This is just my guess. That's when I, I think blue probably had, had reached out to Patrick Waugh and started to have the conversations. And, you know, from there, when things didn't really improve that much, uh, I think the, their, you know, road trip that saw him go 0-3-1 was just the icing on the cake. Uh, and especially that 5 nothing loss against the Wild that was kind of just lifeless. Um, you know, I, I think I think that sealed the deal for him. But, um, you know, Patrick Waugh, as we all know, he's a fiery guy. He has a lot of emotion. Um, you already saw it in his first game on the bench. He's walking up and down. You know, he, he's yelling. Um, and the Islanders haven't had a fiery coach in quite some time. I mean, Doug White got a little fiery at times, but Barry Trotz, um, you know, he wasn't exactly the most passionate guy on the bench. You saw him get upset sometimes. Um, but even in post-game, you know, pressers, he was mostly even keeled. Lane Lambert acted like he had no emotion whatsoever. So I think to have a guy like Wah coming in, who's going to, you know, wear his emotions on his sleeve, be fiery and still that passion. Uh, I think it's going to be good for this, you know, for this Islanders group for sure. Um, you know, you already saw Semyon Varlamov who came off IR uh, yesterday said today that, you know, he heard the news. He had goosebumps. Uh, you know, Matt Barzell, uh, you know, talked about how he thinks it's a good change. And I think they'll never say it. But honestly, I think this group kind of had tuned out Lane Lambert at the end there. Um, again, you know, he, he didn't really show too much emotion. You know, we don't know what goes on behind closed doors, but. That game against the Predators where they lost with seven seconds left in regulation, you know, his presser, he just kind of called it like a cardinal sin. Didn't seem like he was enraged. Um, you know, if that was Patrick Waugh, he would have been red in the face. He probably wouldn't even made it to the podium. Um, so I, I think this is good. I think, again, I think this is a great move for the Islanders. 
Um, you know, even a guy like, you know, Sean Avery on, I don't know if you saw it in his podcast yep. today. He's like, I hate the New York Islanders. He's like, but he's like, for me, he's like, I hate to say it, but he's like, the Islanders may become, may become a problem now, you know, saying it in a good way um, and how good the hire is. And even Biz had the same uh, sentiments there. So I'm, I'm happy with the move. Um, you know, Lou Lamarillo said in his press conference that he only was interested in one coach and that was Patrick Waugh. Uh, and, you know, he clearly thinks he's the right man for the job. So um, we'll see. We'll see how it transpires. You know, one game, they got an important game tonight in Vegas. But, uh, you know, Lou said one of the reasons why he made the move now is because he believes in the team. And, you know, he still thinks they could be a contender, you know. So when you still have belief and it's you feel like your team's right in it, because, you know, even with all the struggles, Mark, they're only – two points out of a playoff spot, you know, if anything shakes right tonight, they can get back in one. Um, and even, even the, the division, they're only four points behind the hurricanes for third. So there's still plenty of time. And I think that's why Lou Lamarillo made this move now. Cause he saw that this team can still be salvaged. So um, kudos for him on actually pulling the trigger. Cause a lot of Islander fans had doubt that it would happen this year. I think Anthony, well, first off, let me just say this about Simeon Verlamov. And of course, you're going to be energized when the coach who coached you to the best season of your career is coming back in. Verlamov in 2013-2014, uh, he finished fourth in MVP voting and second for the Vesna. How did he finish fourth for the MVP and only second for the Vesna? I have no idea, but that year, Crosby won it, Getzlaff was second, Claude Giroux was third, and Verlamov was fourth but yet he didn't win the Vesna trophy. That makes actually no sense to me, but you know, that's what NHL writers are for. Now going to the standings, one concern you would have with the teams behind them, your Pittsburgh and your Washington, they got two games in hand. Pittsburgh is obvious. They're not going to be uh, the team there. This is Pittsburgh is so funny. Anthony, uh, when we get to, uh, we'll get to Pittsburgh more later, but let me just say this. How are you a plus 12 in goal differential and yet you're you're in seventh place? It makes no sense other than, you know, you had a couple big wins. Your big win over San Jose and your big win over the Islanders. That's already a goal differential of, oh, uh, 15 goals in those two games. So I don't want to hear about Pittsburgh being any good. Let's go back to this with the Islanders, though. Anyone. They plucked anyone out from behind, from the, the fifth row, as long as it's not Wayne Lambert. And when they were on that, like, unbeaten streak, as you said it, back in November, the thing I kept going back to is they're giving up third-period leads. And you know something? Now, let's see if that still happens. Because there was definitely an infection on this team that they could not close out games. If they start closing out games, look out for them. Now, Patrick Law's teams tend to get outshot. Uh, it was described on NHL Network Radio yesterday that they could be a coursey nightmare. But when you got a strong goalie in net like Ilya Sorokin and a capable backup like Simeon Varlamov, and you got their, – their offense is still doing good. They just got to cut down the goals against – and you know what? If they're bringing, if he's bringing the energy up, 
Anthony, this might be a whole new team. This might be a whole new second half. But they dug themselves a hole right now, and they got to get out of that. Carolina isn't pulling away. Uh, the Flyers are doing pretty well. Uh, there was one other team I wanted to mention in there. Oh, the Devils right now, one game in hand. How the Devils won that game last night is amazing. It, are you getting Vegas on a at the right time or not? I have no idea. We're going to find that out tonight. But this ha- this move had to be made, Anthony. Yeah, like I said, it had to be made, especially at a point where, you know, the deficit for them to get back in the playoffs isn't much at all. And that's why the move was made. You know, if they were like 10 points out at this point, I mean, he, he probably maybe doesn't make the move. But um, like I said, it's still it's still very much salvageable. Um, and honestly, I'm not I'm not really. For, and I think the Islanders have to have this sentiment in the room, too. But I'm not concerned about the teams behind them. You know, the, the Penguins, the Devils, you, you just have to worry about yourself and collect the points. Um, you can't worry about what they do. And a lot of those teams, you know, have some, you know, really severe flaws too. I mean, the devils, they still need goaltending, you know, the, the penguins, I mean, they, they scored in their own net last night. They still have a host of issues. The capitals are overachieving. I don't really think the capitals are very good. And as you saw last year, Mark games in hand doesn't really matter. I mean, when the Islanders were chasing a playoff spot, there was a bunch of teams like Buffalo, Detroit, uh, all ahead of them that had games in hand, and we kept talking about. It. And I said, games in hand don't matter unless you win them. So I'm not Bingo. concerned about the games in hand. The Islanders just have to just have to you know keep winning some games now, and now they have a fresh voice in Wah, and I think he's going to turn things around. And you know, Rome wasn't built overnight. You know, even though they beat Dallas, they still allowed 43 shots on goal, and he mentioned that in his press conference that they need to fix that. 17 of them came off turnovers, which is a big problem. So. Um, you know, slowly but surely, you know, as he gets more comfortable with the team, I think you'll see them tighten up their defensive play. But, um, yeah, he, he gives them new life. Lane Lambert, like I said, I think his message got stale. Um, my guess is that the players started to tune him out. And, you know, I don't blame Lou for the hire originally. I mean, Lambert was viewed upon as probably the assistant, mo- the assistant, the best assistant in the league who was ready to take over a team. Um, if the Islanders didn't hire him, I know Detroit was going after him. A couple other teams were interested in him, uh, and they likely would have lost him. So Lou at the time felt, uh, you know, probably wasn't good to lose Trotz and Lane in the same offseason. So he gave Lane, Lane Lambert the job. But, um, you know, again, kudos on him for on pulling the trigger when the season can still be salvaged. So, uh, you know, they, they just got to string a couple of wins together in a row. You know, like I said, a lot of the teams in the Metro are inconsistent. Um, hell, even the Flyers at second place, you know, five points back, it's it's not a stretch they can catch them either. So, you know, that could change from five to two in a, in a snap of a finger. So uh, they just have to win some hockey games. Um, and, you know, I think most of the time when you change a coach, you saw with the Oilers, Knobloch, I mean, they won 13 in a row now. Usually when you change coaches, you, you see a team go on a tear. Very rarely do you see a team change a coach and they continue to sputter out. So, um Hopefully the Islanders could beat a very good Vegas team, uh, make it two in a row, start to feel good about themselves, uh, and and really make some you know charge up the standings here. But uh, again, you know, I I didn't expect for Lane to be fired, like I said, and I certainly didn't expect Watt to be named the replacement. Uh, you know, you heard about his name in the off season that you know there were a couple of teams interested in him, so it wasn't totally out of left field. But I had always thought if they had fired Lane Lambert, maybe they would you know, replace him with a guy like, excuse me, like Jay Woodcroft, who was just let go or Dean Evason or, or just someone else. You know, I, I didn't, I didn't really see uh Wah coming. So 
but again, you know, Lou did some, obviously did some research on him and, and started conversations with him, I'm assuming a while back to make this happen. But um, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what he can do now going forward here. This, and, and by the way, my suggestion at first, I could have sworn if Lambert was fired, they were going to give John McClain another chance because I do think Lou badly, badly wanted to make sure he kept John McClain when he was coach of the Devils. But Anthony, I also, I, I can't help but say this. It, it kind of makes you think with Waz's attitude and Lou's mind behind him, that this might be potentially a good marriage. We'll see about that because that's what's going to be important for the rest of the way through. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of weakness in the Metro right now, and the Islanders needed to make this move now. I mentioned this in the stream on Saturday. This is the second time this year the Islanders lost the worst team in hockey in a pivotal game that they needed. And in both times, they lost in overtime. First time, they gave up three goals in the third period to San Jose. That's inexcusable. I don't care. With eight minutes remaining, that was inexcusable. He should have been fired then. But it was clear the, the further this went on, and I know we were beating the drums on this, but Lane Lambert was just absolutely not the coach for this team. And that's where the Islanders desperately needed to get to get away from him. You needed a, a, at least a, somebody that was going to connect with these players. And here's one question I do have for you right now. Go back to Sunday. Islanders down three to one, sorry, two to one, um, third period. They're being outshot grossly. They win that game in overtime with Lane Lambert behind the coach, uh, behind the bench. Honestly, I mean, maybe, yeah, but I'm going to lead towards Noah. I think it's was, you know, it was was first game. I think they wanted to get him a win that first night. Um, and I think they, they really kind of stuck in there and, and grinded it out. I mean, the goal that they scored to tie the game, Noah Dobson, great footwork at the blue line, head up all the way, saw traffic in front, you know, threw it at the net and hit off fashing, and it's, you know, a tie game. Um, and it just goes to show, I think, how much they did want that game is after the game was over, uh, right before Anders Lee skated off in the tunnel, he skated back to the net, realizing that the puck was still in it. He grabbed the puck because he wanted to ensure that Patrick Waugh had that. So, so I think the, um, the guys really wanted it for Wah, and I, I think they, you know, they really pulled it together in, in the third period. And like I said, they they grinded it out. Um, and then you know one one thing that I that I noticed uh, in overtime is that Wah's going to be more aggressive. A, a lot of times, Lane Lambert would start um, Pajot and Holmstrom in overtime, like almost like saying like, okay, yeah, we're, we're going to submit. We know we're not going to have the puck, so we're going to put out some guys who can defend. You know, in the old game against Dallas, Barzell and Horvat were out there right away, and they scored off the hop. You know, Wild's going to be aggressive. He's not going to sit, you know, he's not going to sit back and, you know, concede to anything. And I think that's one thing Lane Lambert didn't do a, a real good job of. But, um, Dan, you know, so to answer your question, I mean, yeah, could they could have under Lambert, but probably not. I say they probably do lose that game. Uh, by the way, looking at some of the comments right here, uh, Chef Ross saying Lane Lambert, uh, greater than Patrick Law, really? Uh, no, he brings in some respect and demands, uh, and demands is the better word. Yeah, and absolutely. And again, he's also saying Metro's wide open. The other thing also, by the way, greatest goalie ever, 
I would put him in my three to four. Uh, not 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 in the ranking. I mean, three goal. If you mentioned to me four goalies greatest ever, Patrick Waugh is either one or two in my opinion. Dominic Hasek is there. Ken Dryden yeah. is there. Yeah. And uh, and Jacques Plante is there. Sorry, Devils fans. Marty Bordeaux is not there. And also, and where our life is saying, like, share, and subscribe for the, spreading the BAH virus. You know, another, another thing to to point out too is, you know, there there are Islander fans that are, uh, you know, and rightfully so, are critical of Lou at times. And there, we, I mean, we've talked about it. There are fans that you know want to see Lou go and and all that. And there's 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 certainly valid arguments to that. But the one thing I, I go back to is, you know, Lou Lamorello bringing respect back to the Islander when he came. And Mark, I'll say this: Does Barry Trotz come to the New York Islanders if Garcinelle is a general manager? No. Nope. Does does does, does Patrick Waugh agree to leave the Quebec Junior Hockey League where he's comfortable to be head coach of the New York Islanders if Garcinelle was there? No. No. Nope. Does 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 Garcinelle get JG Pajot and and Bo Horvat to extend with them even before they even play a game on the island if he's a general manager? Probably no. not. Lou Lam- Lou Lamorello. You questioned some of the moves he's made and whatnot, but he's. He's a guy that demands respect from everybody. Everybody respects him. Um, people love to play for him. And he's a guy that, you know, when he calls you, you listen. So uh, I, I think, you know, for the fans that kind of want to see Lou go, and again, there's valid arguments to be made for that. But um, this is a guy that, you know, without him, a lot of these things do not, you know, do not happen. And, you know, I, I'll point to um, – during during COVID, I remember Jordan Eberle spoke of it. He was trying to get back to Canada, his family, and he was having really no luck. So he didn't know what to do. So he kind of made a call to Lou about how he could, you know, get back and get to Canada during the shutdown. And, you know, he called Lou and he says, like, Lou calls him back a half hour and says he's got plane tickets. He's ready to go. So it's like Lou, like Lou's that type of guy that gets stuff done. You know, he, he's he's I mean, maybe that's why they talk, you know, you make jokes about how he's the uh, the Lou father and. You know, a mafioso, mafioso Lou, but um, you know, again, you know, he he commands respect, and I think without him, not a lot of these things that good things that have happened on on the island happen without him. So, um, you know, and this also, you know, this points to the fact that the ownership, you know, let him make a coaching change, just goes to show that you know, Lou's like Lou's not going anywhere. Like, I don't think he's in. I don't think he's in any kind of hot water because if he was, I don't think ownership would let him, you know, make moves like like this. So, um, and then was you know, regardless of how you feel, yeah, was named the 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 coach. He's not the interim. Yeah, no, he's he's yeah, he's he's right. No no tags on him. He's he's the head coach. Uh, so what I was about to say before I finish that, that you know the, that thought off, um, you know, no matter how you feel about Lou. Uh, you know he's done he's done a lot of good and you know with with an amateur general manager and not not really knowing any offense to Gar Snow but anybody else um, a lot of these you know iconic names like Trotz Wah and, and some of these players with committing to the franchise don't happen without Lou Lamorello at the helm so uh, good on him like I said to to get this move done and um, you know for all some of the negatives he's done I think he's done a lot of positives on this team so we'll see uh, like I said we'll see what happens next. Well, I got two comments for you right here, Anthony. One is uh, from unnamed Facebook user saying yes, yes, yes. Uh, and uh, but Ronald uh, Gardner is asking thoughts and opinions about your first game of, for Patrick Wallace's tenure as New York Islanders head coach. 
Well, again, I mentioned before, they still allowed 43 shots on goal. I mean, that's something that's got to change. And, you know, like I said, it's, it's Waz doesn't have a magic wand. You know, he's not going to correct all the issues overnight. So um, they still have a lot to clean up. But overall, you know, I thought I thought it was good. You know, he had said after the game that he was admittedly nervous um, his first game back in the NHL in quite some time. But, you know, like I said, he was vocal on the bench. He was basically all the things that he comes as advertised. He was fiery. He showed passion. Um, and again, I think the Islanders want to play hard for him and make sure they got those two points. So Now, um, mentioning what you were saying, though, about, about Lou, there's a reason why the guy is a hockey Hall of Famer. The reason why he's probably, yeah. if you were making a an all american uh american like uh team of all time herb brooks would be your coach whom we know from jim dowd lou got to got him to coach the minor leagues for a year just him by himself there was nobody else with him that was doing yeah. it that was a great story from jim if you haven't listened to it um and oh by the way, thanks, Ricky. It's uh, I don't have it coming up, so uh, that's why I have to say that it's unnamed. But you have um, you got Lou, and yeah, he, the guys, the guy has been getting stuff done for years. He's regimented in what he does. He's the consummate professional. And another thing is, you know, that as a player, if you're on his roster, he's got your back. And that's one thing sort of like um, we talked about John Tortorella uh, last week about his comments with the Kevin Hayes thing. And that's another guy, you know, he's, he's never going to throw anybody under the bus, even when they're, they're a former player, never mind a current one. So that's, what's great always about Lou. And that's what is an eye catcher. When you see him, he brings instant prestige to your organization. And that's what he does. Now, extending further with what you were thinking with that, I think the biggest comment was when Bo Horvat signed long-term before playing a game. Everybody, if that was a Gart Snow trade, he gets traded to the Island, plays out the season, tests the UFA market. Maybe he stays, maybe he goes. Bo Horvat signed right away. So now yep. going to this, um, <laughs> uh, and, and uh, yeah, we need some say Pat, we need some say Patrick merch as soon as we can. As Ricky's saying. <laughs> All right. See, this is, I don't understand Ricky why it's doing this. Uh, sometimes Facebook, it's just coming up. User, nothing else. I think it's in the uh, the settings. But look, Wa is going to have his flaws. Everybody kept on talking about that uh, he had his troubles with Colorado. But this is also the second time around. And you're going to have Lou Lamarillo, not micromanaging, but at least there to be a sounding board and... They're going to figure out what they need. Here's my question to you, Anthony. Does this move save the Islanders season? Are they a playoff team? Can you say it right now? Yeah, I mean, again, I'm going to say yes, because, again, the deficit's only two points. So, yes, absolutely this move saves the Islanders season. Um, no no doubt about that. Um, you know, and look, I point to, you know, last year, Actually, I mean, almost a year ago today, it was January 30th. The Islanders were two points out of a playoff spot. Uh, here we are, you know, June, what, 23rd, two points out of a playoff spot. So a week a week earlier. January, so almost, I do the same thing. Only, only almost the same spot. Uh, they trade for Horvat. You know, they made the playoffs. So, um, 
Yeah, and again, the, the teams that they're kind of fighting with, I mean, Detroit. Detroit's obviously a bubble team. You know, Tampa Bay's obviously fallen a long way off. They're they're tied with Detroit. Um, and again, there's the, there's some of the spots open in, in the Metro, too. So, yeah, I, I do absolutely do think so. Um, and I also think to kind of, you know, circle back to almost a year anniversary of the Horvat trade, I also think Lou has something else in his arsenal to, to further, you know, help Wah and bolster and bolster the lineup. Um, I'm not going to say it's going to happen again on June 30th or, you know, even a week later. Could happen on the deadline, could happen a week before the deadline. But you could say it now, you can mark it down, you could, you know, and you could write it down so this way if I'm wrong, you could say it or whatnot. But I'm going to say on record here, um, you know, I, I think the, Lou Lamarillo is definitely making an acquisition between now between now and the trade deadline, um, similar to what he did with Bo Horvat. Um, especially if they if they stay in this range, like if they're two points out or or even in a playoff spot, like holding one down a little bit, um, he's he's making a move. I have I have no doubt about that whatsoever. All right, good. So let's get the balloons out. The Islanders are definitely making the playoffs, and I definitely have to say this changes things. Under Lambert, they're not making the playoffs. I could say that 100%. We can go to the parallel universe where Lambert was still the coach. They're not in the playoffs right now. Um, there's also the parallel universe that they, he was coaching squids and they went 82-0, and 0, but that's a different story. Um, but the... Waz a shot in the arm and Waz is going to end up doing things to get guys to just... They're going to get them. He's going to get them motivated. You look at the first year right here. His first year with the Avalanche, 30 games above 500. And then years two and three, only eight. There's going to be results. And I think their Islanders are going to be just nasty to play against. Now, you get a guy like Larry Robinson, who wasn't a successful head coach with the LA Kings in his first stop. Then he goes to the Jersey Devils as an assistant. Robbie Fatorik throws the bench. Lou doesn't like the way they were playing leading up to that. They're number one in the NHL at the time. He fires him, promotes Robertson, and they go on to win the Stanley Cup, beating the Dallas Stars in overtime. Jason Arnett with the game winner. Um, this could be another situation like that, where it's you catch lightning in a bottle because you get a guy who's, uh, I don't want to use the term a retread because Wild's not a retread, but he kind of is because he did have a job before and and that's it. Now you're going to get, you, you get Wah, you implement the command and the respect he has in the room. Now everybody who tuned out Lambert's now listening and the Islanders are going to get healthier. And of course, I think Wah could probably do things to uh, help out Ilya Sorokin, who's having his worst season of his career. I mean, he won't sh be able to show which, him how to cheat and put the extra stuff. Which, on <laughs> Some bitch. Anthony had something to say right there. <laughs> uh, you muted. Anthony, you're muted. All right, you got it. All right, so I'll keep going while while you're on mute, and um, I think I I definitely think Wa is going. 
Yeah, you back? Okay, good. Yeah, delivery delivery guy came to the door, so the dogs go nuts for a minute when they see him walking up. So I, 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 I muted it. Um, but I, I forgot what I was. I forgot what I was saying when at the time when that when that happened. Julius Sorokin having the worst season of his career. Oh yeah, yeah. So, so despite you know, yes, but he still has a nine ten save percentage, which is ten. I think tied for 10th in the league so you know you know a goalie's quite ridiculous when his his bad year is net 9 10 uh, a 9 10 save so, percentage on a team or the goals against average of 3.21 going into sunday's game that tells you it's it's the team letting him down a lot more than the saves yes than he is. yeah and I had I had posted on all things Islanders some interesting defensive stats that Mike Kelly uh, had tweeted the other day when Wall got hired what he's what he needs to fix. But I mean they are every all these these uh, defensive metrics like slot passes, cycle chances, uh, rebound attempts, uh, rush chances. The Islanders were all either thirty first, thirty second, or you know twenty ninth in the league. So. Uh, and on top of that, he's faced the most shots at any goal in the NHL. And despite all that of a train wreck of a defensive team, he's at nine ten. So um, Pat- Patrick Wall is going to do some good things with having the team tighten up defensively, and and that will enable him to you know start to put up similar numbers that he did last year. Anthony, I got a question about trade targets. Uh, I'm going to get yeah. it from to you from Chris T in a second. Um, but and he's asking Anthony, who's a realistic trade target for the Islanders? Isn't Noah Hannafin, uh, on Calgary? Well, uh, we were, Phil was breaking that Noah Hannafin is close to resigning, but what's a realistic trade target for them? I would say a realistic trade target for both New York teams, maybe Chris Tanif. Uh, you know, it's funny to bring that up, uh, today on the daily faceoff podcast they were talking about Jacob Chikrin and uh Frank Cervelli had the Islanders as a potential shooter a potential suitor for Jacob Chikrin along with I think it was like five other teams on the list um oddly enough the Rangers weren't on that list but it was like the Devils the Maple Leafs um Red Wings and I forget some of the other teams but uh so he's certainly possible um you know because that that's the type of move that's not for just this year. He has another year left and he's young. So he would fit in with what Lou is looking to do. Um, another name to look out for uh, Vladimir Tarasenko on, on Toronto, on Toronto, on Ottawa. Uh, again, you know, this is a guy that Mark, when he signed that one year deal, we all knew he wasn't finishing the year in Ottawa. Uh, so yep. he's like, he's likely going to be moved. I mean, this is a guy that has been linked to the Islanders in the past. Um, so, you know, it wouldn't surprise me at all if the Islanders look to acquire him. Um, so you're going to add those two names. If Seattle were to fall out of the race or if they just decide to go a different way, regardless, because Eberle is an unrestricted free agent, um, look for a possible reunion with Jordan Eberle in Seattle. Uh, but again, that's probably contingent on if Seattle falls out or not. Um, another name I could give you, uh, I, the Islanders might have interest in Frank Vetrano. Again, he's got some term left on his deal. He only, he makes only a hair over three and a half million. So, um, certainly doable there. So I, I think Lou would have interest in him. Um, Chris Tanev, Mark. Yeah, I, I think that's certainly a possibility. Um, you know, Ryan Pollock is still on LTIR. He, I, he has not resumed skating yet. I don't know 
what the update is on him. So, you know, if it looks to be where they are going to be a playoff team, um, you can never have too many depth on defense. Uh, Robert Bertuzzo, who they traded for, you know, he's he's out and there's really no timeline in his return either. So the Islanders may look for some more veteran depth on defense. So he's certainly a possibility. Um, you know, those those are the guy is that I would that I would say that Lou would have interest in. Um, and I'm going to I'm going to actually pull a fill here a little bit, Mark, because it's, you know, <laughs> sometimes the does this. But this is something that I don't I don't think is going to happen. And I even touched base with you on this a little bit. But um, I have a I have a sinking feeling that Lou Lamorello is is interested in a guy like Elias Lindholm. Um, Definitely. He plays he plays center. But he can also play the wing, which checks a Lou box versatility. Um, he's a selkie type of forward where he's very responsible. Lou loves that. Check that box. Uh, and he can also score. Check that box too. Um, mm-hmm. So I have no doubt he's interested. I don't. I don't see it happening just because they already do have you know five legitimate NHL centers with with Sezikis, Pajot, Horvat, Barzell, Nelson. So even though he's versatile, I, I don't think that's I think they'd go for more of like the scoring winger and Tarasenko. Um, but I do believe that Lou would have interest in that type of player in a perfect world. But um, and so, but yeah, those are just some of the names. I, I think Tarasenko is probably the main guy. Like I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he's a New York Islander come the deadline, if they stay in the race here. Here's one thing I find interesting about Vladimir Tarasenko because, and I really didn't know many of these uh, patterns, I want to say, were around until Taylor Hall. Taylor Hall had a one-year deal with a no-trade clause. Tarasenko, full no-trade clause. So he gets to say where he wants to go. Now, if this was the weekly show or if we had, like, the uh, final buzzer going on, we'd have all the Ranger fans in the chat right now. There's still a good amount right now anyway. But <laughs> they'd be saying, no, hey, Tarasenko, no, reunion with the Rangers. I think Tarasenko got in there because he wants to make sure he dictates where he goes. I don't think Tarasenko, or for that matter, Patrick Kane, liked their time in New York. I That's my personal opinion. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'm fine with that. I'm just saying you kind of get that feeling from body language. You kind of get that feeling from usage. And you kind of get that feeling that both of them kind of ran off as far as they could go. Yeah. Now. If that's the case, as you said before, Tarasenko has been linked to the New York Islanders. That would work out well for the Islanders. Go get him, bring him in. And then he's another guy. Um, the, the th- and and I, I would just be concerned with another old body on the Islanders. I think if the Islanders got somebody like, say, for instance, Frank Petrano, who's just going to turn around and shoot the puck left and right, that would be a great addition for them. Do they have the assets to go get him with another year on his deal? I also think Lou also knows you can't you can't be dealing first round draft picks forever. You're eventually going to well, need them. A guy like, a guy like Tar- I know you're talking about Chikrin, I think, but a guy like Tarasenko is not going to require a first round pick at this point. Not not I don't think anywhere anywhere close to it, given his you know yeah. his, his age. And whatnot, Chikrin. Yes, Chikrin. You probably do have to give up a first round pick, but again, Lou's eighty one years old. Um, he's looking to win now. I don't. He's traded the last four. I mean, what's 
what's another one? I, I really don't think that's a problem to him if he feels as though the player is the right fit and is going to be here for a long time. Is he going to trade a first for a guy he knows is leaving? Absolutely not. And again, look at his track record. All these firsts that he's traded, Mark, Pajot, Romanov, Horvat, Palmieri, he sent first in all those deals, but what's the common denominator? Production. No, he signed Youth. all of them. Not, yeah, he signed no, all. Okay. Sorry, <laughs> he signed all of them. None, none all right, of them, all, none of them all of those are true, though. Yeah, you're right. Yes. So, if if he feels the player is going to be around, I don't think he has any issue trading a first round trading a first round pick. Um, to answer Chris T's point here, yeah, you know, salary wise, yeah, you in case that that doesn't make sense. Um, I would think that because of what they gave up for Romanov, his age, how his his play has improved vastly. Uh, I would think they would rather trade a guy like Samuel Bolduc and then, you know, add a guy like Wallstrom to go along with it. Um, I don't know if they have such a desire to trade Romanov. The point would be to add to their current group with Chikra, not doing like where he comes in, another guy like Romanov goes out. Yeah, and uh, we got State of Survival. By the way, great seeing you guys as well. And as always, uh, he's saying Sean Monahan. Sean Monahan, as we laughed yesterday, Sean Monahan might produce two first round draft picks and two trades for him, which is beyond comprehension. Uh, I actually, Anthony, I don't think the Islanders' weakness is at center. Like, I think they're fine at center. Yeah. I think they need a wing. They need a scoring wing. They need a Frank Vetrano. Yeah. You know, their biggest need, honestly, is you look at Pierre Engvall. You know, he, he was great when he got added, when, he, when the Islanders traded him. Traded for him last deadline. He fit in well. He, he was him, Palmer, Nelson, or a large reason why they made the playoffs. But this year, you know, coming off a, a seven-year deal, which again, you know, I I, I questioned, but um, you know, he has he hasn't produced. So I think they need they need more scoring on the second and third line. Um, the third line, you know, Pajot is not really producing anything offensively. Holmstrom, while well, he's got you know what eleven goals or so, half of them have been shorthanded. Uh, Julian Goche has been in out of the lineup, he's been okay. Wallstrom hasn't produced anything. So they could certainly use another top six forward that kind of bumps someone like Envall maybe down from the second line to the third line, and then now you have more consistent scoring. Uh, Anthony Beauvillier, by the way, on the final year of his deal, one point, uh, sorry, $4.15 million. And um, Jacob Chikrin signed for four point six for next year as well. And thanks, Granny. And again, check out her article on uh, on Jesper Wallstat on bah.com. Sorry, bahpod.com. My mistake on that one. Uh, what about a fifth for Nick Robertson or a sixth? Doesn't and, I know he's a young player, but doesn't move the needle. I mean, they they have. They, I mean, his pedigree is higher, but they have too many guys like him that are kind of just like these fringe guys who aren't doing anything, like Hudson Fashing, Julian Gauthier, Oliver Wallstrom. That 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 type of move doesn't do anything for the Islanders. Um, again, you know, they need someone to come in like like Tarasenko to place on that top on the second line. You push Engvall down to the third line, and you know now you have you know a little bit more of a better situation with your scoring. So. Um, I don't think uh, that move does anything for the Islanders. I mean, I think it's I think it's interesting to see where both New York teams end up going with their with their holes that they're open and their lack of 
really resources. Both teams lack a lot of resources. But I think this is, but again, going back to Patrick Waugh, they needed somebody that was going to come in, do things differently, have a different mindset, hold players accountable, not just kind of spew platitudes when yep. when uh, the press is asking them questions at the end. Like, this is a team, and this is where I'm going to give Lane Lambert and uh, Bo, the Bo Horvat trade a little bit of credit. Last year, they were in a similar stretch in February without Matt Barzell that I pointed out and said the Islanders are, are done after this. And the Islanders not only came out of it, but came out in a playoff position and ended up being in position to make the playoffs. Now, similar thing right now. They needed to make this trade. They needed to make this move. They, I can't I can't say this yeah. enough. I watched that game Friday night and I again I, I nearly threw up just watching this because they had to win that game. You shouldn't have a must-win game in January. And when the comparison always comes, and I love this, Anthony. I always love hearing this. Well, the St. Louis Blues did this. The St. Louis Blues fired Mike Yo, then replaced uh, Jake Allen with Jordan Bennington and tailored their system around a very defensive system and was able to rework it, get in the playoffs. They were challenged for the division, by the way, at one point at the end of that season and get all the, and then get all the way up to the Stanley Cup. The Islanders were not changing anything with with Ilias Rogan. And you had a lot of the personnel was still the same. You need to change the, the head of the stake for lack of a better metaphor coming to my head at the moment. So they did that. They, they, you get handed one of the best teams in the Western Conference. They beat them. Are they going to have the new coach bump? Of course they are. Can they keep this up after the All-Star break? That's what's going to be interesting. Because, by the way, the Rangers also don't have a game after next Saturday until the Tuesday after the All-Star game. There's a very good chance the New York Rangers drop out of first place by that time, just to, to mention that. Well, yeah, uh, leads only leads only what two points or th- over the second four points. They're four points over four the Flyers. Points, yeah. So, but about yeah. the Islanders, this, um, is, this is this is to help them. Go ahead. No, I was going to say that you know, like going back to that point with the Rangers, the Metropolitan Division is so tight, and that's why again I say, you know, yeah, you look at the wild card spot, they're only two points out of a wild card spot, but you know, they're only. Again, four points, and that's certainly true. He's not, he's not, but we knew he's not a physical guy. Um, he's all about puck possession, but um, mm-hmm. they're only four points behind the Hurricanes. And, you know, like for instance, even, even tonight, as long as, as long as the Islanders win, this is a win win because the Flyers play the Lightning. So if, if the Islanders win, if, you know, if, if the if the Flyers win, okay, now they're they're back in a playoff spot tied with the Lightning because I think they have the tiebreaker. But if the Lightning win, now all of a sudden, now they're only three points out of second from Philly. So you know, either way, if they win, they're they're going to gain ground on somebody tonight. And that and that's the thing. A lot of a lot of teams, you know, it's you're gonna you're gonna be you're, some of the teams you're chasing are going to be playing another team that maybe you're chasing. And as long as you win, you're going to make ground on these teams. So mm-hmm. um, you know. But it goes, but it goes back to the Islanders having to take care of their own business. As long as long as they just keep getting points now with with a new head coach and, and get on a roll where they're feeling good about themselves, um, you know, I would say 
it's wide open. They could finish as high as second or, you know, miss the playoffs. It, re- it really depends on, you know, how many wins they can kind of string along here together. Yeah. And there, but again, this is going to come at a good time. This is why this is a good time for the Islanders to relieve them because then you get practice time at the all-star game at the all-star break. Uh, they're sending one all-star and that's Matt Barzell. We're going to talk tomorrow about um, an Islander getting hosed at the all-star game. Not surprising. It's Noah Dobson, uh, but actually screw it. Let's talk about it now. How is he not going to the all-star game? Uh, it's yeah. I mean, listen, it's ridiculous. And we kind of touched on it uh, last week on a show. I said the whole process with the fan voting and even the league selecting players um, is a little bit of a joke. So, um, but it is what it is. I mean, his teammates know he's an all-star. The majority of the hockey world knows he's an all-star. Um, you know, for me, oh. it, it is what it is. As for this question, I mean, I'm not, I don't know. I don't know what the record's going to look like. But to, the second point is, I, I, I said it before, you, you could hold me to it. Um, as long as the Islanders stay in this window where they're two points out or, or in a playoff spot, I'm telling you, Lou's definitely making a move. He's not he's not bringing in Patrick Waugh uh, and then let's say his team has success and he doesn't give him a shot in the arm with making an addition to the roster. He he certainly is. Um, I gave you a couple names who I think they're interested in. Uh, we'll see what transpires. But the only the only obstacle I'll I'll say to this um, and honestly, the Rangers are in the same boat. If if Philip Pedal comes off LTIR before the uh, before the trade deadline. Both of the New York teams are going to have like literally close to zero dollars uh, at the trade deadline to expend. I'm not even really exaggerating that much. I think for the Rangers, they'd have like five, six hundred thousand dollars to work with. The Islanders would maybe have like three and change. Um, so <laughs> any any addition is going to a require to send salary back the other way to the other team. B have that team retain salary on said player or C maybe even depending on how much they make is you need to get a third team involved. So there could be double salary retention, which we've seen happen a bunch of times over the years. Uh, And both New York teams are going to be in that situation. If they're looking to add a player, I would say that has like makes anything more than, I don't know, $4 million a year. So, and keep keep going from there, Anthony, if it's money in money out, and you got teams retaining, you have to give stuff to them. You can't just, they're not just going to do it out of the goodness of their own art. So there's going to be trades that are going to be made. So yeah. When, when a team, when a team retains on a player, that typically means you have to pay more because they're retaining salary. So that's certainly, that's certainly true too. Um, So that's going to make it a little harder, but it's doable. Like I said, we've, we've seen it happen all the time. I mean, the Rangers got double salary. Salary retention on, on Patrick Kane last year to make that work. So um, mm. that's just that's what you're going to have to do to to make it happen for these teams. All right, the Islanders have 46 games played right now, so it's 36 remaining. 18 wins would give them. Now I'm just doing 18 to say that they're 500 as a barometer, and then go from there. 18 would give them. Uh, uh, sorry, it's 30. Uh, so 
18 wins would give them 36 points. That's one of the stupidest maths I've ever math problems I've ever done. So 36 points on top of their 51 right now puts them 87. Well, can the Islanders get to 95, Anthony? I mean, maybe. Um, again, it all depends on how hot they get. And so I don't really like doing these point projections and have what your record needs to be because it also, you know, it also depends on what some of the other teams do too. You know, if, if yes. some of these teams behind them struggle, then it's going to require less points. So it, it really all depends. I mean, again, what the Islanders have to worry about now is is getting getting on a, sh- a streak here. Similarly, they did where they were on that win when they were on that winning streak. You know, after their losing streak, they just got to keep collecting points, keep collecting points, putting them in the bank. Um, you know, and then you kind of don't really worry about what your opponent's doing. But uh, again, you, I mentioned earlier when you change coaches, usually that team you get you get a shot in the arm. So I honestly I wouldn't be all that surprised if they go on a streak here where they win, you know, five of six. I, I mean I, I really I really wouldn't because you're on the high of getting a new coach. Uh and typically you see that happen. So uh, but you know tonight's a good test. You're playing a good Vegas team. Um they played last night so they're probably a little bit tired. It was a high scoring game. Um, lost a th- uh, two goal third period lead. Yeah yeah so uh, the Islanders are the are the well rested team. Second game under the new coach. They're at home, um, you know, so they should come out and have a spirited effort. But speaking you know, about which, the Islanders. Go ahead, Anthony. Finish that. Uh, didn't come out and get another win tonight. Get another two points. You know, maybe that win puts them back in a wild card spot temporarily. Then you know, like those good feelings will start to you know get even stronger in the room here. Speaking about which, the Islanders have their bye week of the NHL season next week. So they they go through they play Vegas tonight, um, Montreal, and then Florida. And by the way, Anthony, Lane Lambert's still the coach. I guarantee they go o three and one in this stretch. And the game they lose again is Montreal because they're too busy looking at the other ones. Maybe they would beat Florida. I don't know because the Islanders love to do that every now and again. Again, but you know what? You get after you clear this week. Next week, all practice time and the All-Star game, so off time after that. So Wah really gets to put his stamp on this team come next week. And then you come out of the break. Their schedule just never lets up at any point. But also, I don't think there's easy games in the NHL anymore. We've, we, we tend to fool ourselves, Anthony, where if you're playing DraftKings, and you're betting against the team, you always bet against San Jose. San Jose has won their last two games against LA and Anaheim. One of those teams is a playoff team. So, and for yeah, anybody can a while, it looks like one of the best. Anybody could beat yeah. anybody on any, on any given night. The good news, by the way, Anthony, four games for the Islanders, their first two weeks after the, um, after the All-Star break, and they get four days off going into the outdoor game versus the Rangers. So, I mean, you're talking about a lot of downtime. And some people might like go, oh, my God, that's that's too much downtime. They're not playing games. When you get a new coach, you want practice time. You want That's what you always want. Yeah. But are you, um, are you allowed to – I don't know. I don't know if you're allowed to practice when you're on the mandated bye week. I don't, I don't think you're allowed to practice when – uh, you're on the mandated bye week. Could be wrong. Pretty sure that is a good. To. That is a good, good question. By the way, nope. uh, I want to just go back to uh, Chef Russ' comment right here. 
it wasn't exact, but I still love that he, he paraphrases one. Tell Jeremy Rona got my two Stanley Cup rings to plug in my ears. And he's got four of them now. So only person ever to win the con Smythe on two different teams, Patrick Waugh. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Anthony was a fallout if they don't make the playoffs. I think uh, I think he'll make it because of this, but shit happens. What is the fallout if they don't make the playoffs? Um, I mean, I, if they don't make the playoffs, I mean, it is, I guess it is possible that maybe Lou could be let go, but, um, like, I don't think why would go, uh, unless they really, unless it was really an abomination and, you know, the ownership got rid of both and let the new GM pick a new coach. But, um, I would say the, the maybe the biggest thing you see if they don't make the playoffs is, uh, Lou, you know, Lou is removed and then. You know, maybe in the off season, maybe you see this core, you know, kind of broken up a little bit with the move of a guy like Pajot or, um, you know, Palmieri or, or Lee. I, but that's right now. I think that's the most kind of drastic thing you you would see. Like, I don't think you're talking like, you know, in, in the off season, like Nelson and Pollock and all that stuff, guys like that. Thank you, because that's where I was going to go um, with on that one. I think, you know, think things would have to get really things would have to get really bad for that to happen. I think the worst you see if they don't make the playoffs is maybe Lewis canned, but um, that's that would be my guess. And I don't think he'll be canned; he'll retire. There's a difference, or he'll yeah, step aside, and he'll be yeah. quiet because yeah. as much as everybody talks about Lou's respect, they're also going to be respectful of Lou too. Yeah. Um, but again, going back to one thing, state of survival says. Uh, I spoke to a player that was coached by Patrick Waugh in Colorado and his impression of Waugh that he has an ego the size of the States. And now Waugh seems very down to earth. It feels like he was really humbled. And uh, to address that one, you mean one of the greatest goalies of all time whose ego was probably his greatest advantage. Like there aren't many guys that used ego like a weapon like Patrick Waugh, where he would just, Overtime would hit. He'd run to the bathroom. There's a great story uh, of the 93 uh, Canadians where he versus L.A. He went out, went to the bathroom, came back and said, guys, don't worry about a thing. Just go get the game winner. I'm not letting one by me. Sure enough, John LeClaire, uh back-to-back overtime winners in that series. And they go on to win the Stanley Cup. So then he goes over to Colorado, coaches them to first in the Western Conference, they look like gangbusters. They get knocked out in the first round. So what? But he brought two Stanley Cups to Colorado. Of course, the guy is going to have a huge ego. And of course, he's going to be uh, thinking that he's the greatest thing. Anthony, I think it actually is an advantage to the Islanders that he couldn't get a job anywhere for several years. I mean, he went back to juniors after the fallout with Sackick. And. Now you you got him as a midseason replacement on a team that's struggling, and I, I think I, I think there is going to be a different perspective from him. Yeah, he even said that he learned a lot from his first go around in the league. And then he also expected the phone to ring a little earlier than it did when it comes to getting back into the NHL. So um, you know he certainly has grown as a, as a person and a coach since he's last coach in NHL. I think he's, he's learned a lot of things and um, you know, he still has, he still has obviously a little bit of ego 
but you could tell you could tell but i also think he has a little more humility and i think that's a good combination where you still have that edge um but you know you also go things you go about things in a different manner so um i, I think honestly his personality is perfect for what this team needs again i mentioned at the start last couple of years they've had guys who you know aren't really too fiery and you know i think sometimes maybe you can get complacent when that happens you know was gonna be you know he's gonna be in their face he's gonna be he's gonna be yelling he, he's gonna be barking direction and um again that's a voice that the team hasn't had in a while so um i think it i think it suits the the, the team that lou put together right now um one of the guys was just mentioning this just now i'm looking this up anthony but a state of survival saying the Leafs have the hardest schedule versus all other NHL teams. They're screwed. I got dibs on Keith being fired within the next six weeks. I got news for you. Shelton Keith should have been fired now if they want to make that move. You do not wait. But it doesn't matter because Bradtree Living tried to toughen up the team. He's gotten little to nothing out of everybody that he's brought in. And uh, I'm just looking up on Money Puck right now, guys on what the opponent's strength of schedule is for the rest of the way. Uh, I just haven't gotten to it yet. Maybe I'll find that out in a few more minutes. But the Maple Leafs really just, I don't know, Anthony. I, I that's, that's a team that they could easily drop out of that because they should have lost to Seattle the other night. Uh, Ilya Samsonov made three split saves in order to, sa to save them. But I mean, there are another team that's the, the East is the East has got a lot of parody this year, a lot of parody. That's why if you're, if you're the, the, um, the New York Rangers or maybe the Boston Bruins who were playing well, Rangers are not the Bruins. They kind of stagnated a little bit. There's blood in the water. And if you're a team like the Islanders, let's say they, let's say they even struggle a little bit. They limp over the finish line to get to eighth. Then they could be like the Florida Panthers were last year. You know, the, the Leafs are an interesting case. You know, they're they're you know haven't been playing great hockey. You know, if the if the Lightning, let's say, were to win tonight, um, or or the Red Wings, they would jump. One of them would jump the uh, Maple Leafs for third in the Atlantic, and the Maple Leafs would fall to a wild card spot. So, um, you know, Leafs aren't a sure thing to make the playoffs either. Um, and as far as Keefe goes, I don't think anything is going to happen with him unless they were to miss the playoffs. If they were to miss the playoffs, he's gone. Or maybe if they lose in the first round, he's gone. But I don't I don't think he's going to be fired for the next – for him to be fired within the next six weeks, the Maple Leafs would have to go on, like, on a losing streak that saw them drop like seven in a row. That's the only way that he's fired yeah. at this point. And he was signed to a two-year extension last year. so. Um. Yeah, I they'd be paying him one more year. To, it's basically the two year extension to say you're not a lame duck, but you are at the same time. Uh, so that wouldn't be it. Um, I do like the Islanders' chances on this on getting back, or at least getting back into the playoff chase. They're already in the chase. I mean, but you know what I mean. Playoff position sooner or later. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know. You know, it's some. You know, when we talk a lot, we say a lot of things. So yeah. Um. But there's more. I have to agree with you, Anthony. There's more coming. Lou wouldn't make this decision just not to trade. So. And yeah, and again, especially if trade. they. 
Yeah, especially if they win some hockey games here and, and you know, really like let's say get back into a playoff spot for sure. I, I think I think it's coming. It's really just a matter of A, when, and then also B, you know, salary wise, how they, you know, how are they going to make it, you know, how are they going to make it work? Um, you know, right now, sure, he can make a trade today because Ryan Pollock's on LTIR. They have some cap space to play with, but then when he's ready to return, they would have to make some moves. So, um, it's just like I said, it's going to require, you know, kind of just jumping through some hoops with the cap to make it work. But, you know, where there's a will, there's a way. Uh, Chef Ra, there isn't a 1967 chant right now, uh, but there probably, there's probably going to be some kind of anti-Leafs chant around the league. But um, so in your opinion, as Theater Survival is asking, what do the Islanders need? They can quickly go through 31 other teams and pick out ideal players. I'm assuming we're just trading for keeps and not just a rental. In Lou's case, Lou usually, usually trades for much longer than just a rental. Yeah, Lou Lou doesn't trade for rentals. I mean, like I said, all the guys he's traded for, Pajot, Palmieri, um, you know, even Andy Green he retains, Bo Horvat. Uh, he, he's, if, he, if he's trading for a guy who is an unrestricted free agent, He's gonna try to sign them. I mean, Pierre Engvall, you know, he's gonna he or he's gonna find a way to get him signed. I I would be surprised if he traded for a guy that's a pure rental. So, um, like I said, you know, if he trades for a guy like, you know, like Vetrano has term left, he likes that. Or you know, if he were to trade for, you know, Tarasenko, my guess is that he would try to sign him to an extension. I'd be surprised if he traded for just a pure rental. As for who we need, I mentioned before some of these names, um, but they could use another top six forward and they can use some more depth on defense. I think those are the two areas that they'd be looking for. But then again, what I mean, what team isn't looking for another forward and, you know, some defense? So, but that's every offseason. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anthony, uh, we got about uh, maybe five to 10 minutes remaining. Yep. So why don't we do a quick puck doku because it was suggested in the comments sure. below. So All let's right. start right here. Uh, we got, for anybody listening on audio, across you have Florida, Boston, and Tampa Bay. And down you have Montreal, Red Wings, and Toronto Maple Leafs. So let's start with, uh, you pick one to start with. Um, you could do uh, for Maple Leafs Lightning. Um, you could do X Islander Benoit Hogue. Maple Leafs Lightning, yes. Benoit Hogue, who uh, frequents timeout in Hicksville. So uh, yeah. great meeting Benny when he was out there. Awesome guy. Uh, told a great story about Ed Belfour and his new whiskey, getting personalized bottles for everybody from the Stanley Cup champion team nice. that Benoit Hogue was on. Well-deserved for Benny. All right. Uh, what do you got next? Uh, well, your favorite Red Wings Lightning, you could do with a good old constant crossman. <laughs> a constant crossman, Doug Crossman, right there. Uh, do we have a daily former, Diddick in this? Former, no, you don't. Wow, uh, former Islander defenseman Doug Crossman. Um, oddly enough, Noah Dobson's gonna pass, uh, he's gonna pass Doug Crossman for the last Islander to. Nearly score 60 points. Crossman had 59 points. Um, Mark Stride had 56 one year, but when, when you're talking specifically closer to 60, last I owned to do it was Doug Crossman. So 
Just a little fun fact there. All right. Uh, what you got next for us? Um, so Canadians Lightning. Um, I used uh, Matthew Darsh, but I, I also – I think you could also use um, – uh, which what's his name? Cedric Desjardins. The I think the, really? I think he played for both Canadians and Lightning. But um, if you want, you can go. You could go uh, Darsh as well. It doesn't matter. Let's try Cedric Desjardins because he's incorrect. So <laughs> no, it didn't work. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's just fix that one now. Uh, I'll just get it right back up to speed. It's easy to do this one and get it right there. Okay. I mean, I didn't even start mine today, so I didn't even think about it. All right, so what did you have, Darsh? Matthew Darsh, yeah, that's what I used. How do you spell the it? D-A-R-C-H-E. There you go, Matthew Darsh, there you go. All right, uh, Bruins and Canadians, or Bruins uh, and one of the other original six teams? We can do Leafs, Bruins. <coughs> I can't believe I'm blanking on everybody right now. Leafs Bruins. You, uh, you could do Brian Berard. Yes, you can. Brian Berard, who uh, uh, was one. No, Brian oh, that's right. Brian. That's right. He's Brian a lie. Brian Berard, who I believe was drafted number one overall by the Ottawa Senators and yep. then traded and the honors. That's Wade Redden. Yeah, that's a weird one, Anthony. You ever see where the they swap first and second overall picks? No, I mean it doesn't doesn't really doesn't really happen, you know, all that all that often. And before they even played a game. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, before either player played a game. All right, uh, Detroit and Boston. Marty Lapointe. Yeah, you could. I mean, it's. I would imagine he's gonna probably be like five percent or more. But yeah, you could try Marty Point. Yeah. Well, what do you got? Uh. Well, I mean, I use Josh Langfeld, so I don't know if you want to try someone different. But we'll check it. We'll uh, check the other one at the end. All right. So Josh Langfeld. There's other. There's ones like Mike Knubel will be in there. Um, that yeah. would be a good one. Josh Langfeld is point one percent. This is the reason why it's hard to compete against Anthony and Phil because they always get <laughs> so low. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, so let's make sure this is coming through. It is. All right. Canadians and Bruins. Um, I know Chris Nyland would be in there. Chris Nyland. Uh... Good old Knuckles Nyland. But I think too many people are going to remember him. How about former former Islander first round pick Pateri Nokalainen? Oh my goodness! How the hell do I spell that one? N N O K E L. There it is. Pateri Nokalainen, one percent. Anthony, what's wrong with you? You got to a one percenter. All right. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised <laughs> that he's. I'm I'm really uh, surprised that he's at one percent. Yeah, we'll check. Like I said, we'll check Marty LaPointe and um, uh, Chris Nyland at the end. Montreal, let's go with uh, let's go with all the Florida guys. Montreal, uh, Toronto, and uh, the Red Wings. I mean, okay. Stephen Stephen Weiss would be up there for the Red Wings, I think. Yeah, but, it would be that would be pretty high. That'd be yeah. too high. Um, which one are you doing first? 
You pick one. Go ahead. Leafs, 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 Panthers. Uh, you could do Tom Fitzgerald. Oh, by the way, Tom Fitzgerald, who got a two-year extension today. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's exactly uh the right move, but whatever. Another one percenter, one Anthony. Percent. We got Red Wings and Panthers. Red Wings and Panthers. Mm. Was that uh Tomas Holmstrom? What? I was wondering if that was Tomas Holmstrom. Sorry, it's uh because he played for another team after the Red Wings. Nope, he only played did, for the Red Wings. My bad. Did Michael did Michael Samuelson play for Florida? I believe he did. Uh I believe he did. I'm getting to him right now. And that was probably after he had his yep. 48 games with the Panthers, only one season. He played with Detroit. And it was he actually he had two stints in both Detroit and Florida. Right out. So, all right, let's try that one out. Michael Samuelson. If you guys remember, he was in he was involved in the uh Adam Graves trade. So and then involved in the Alexei Kovalev trade. So it really went two ways. Michael Samuelson, one percent. Another one percenter. Okay. Yeah. And now Florida Montreal to close it on out. Um how about Sean Hill? Sean Hill played for everybody. So let's just double check it. Sean Hill. Sean no, Hill I know played for, sure. for Yeah, Montreal and the Florida Panthers. And Sean Hill is always a good one. Sean Sean Hill, Bill Holder, a lot of these guys, they just go everywhere. And Sean Hill, he was a one percenter. All right. So we got three on that one. Too many people remembered. Oh, he was 0.3%. Samuelson, Fitzgerald, and uh, Nokalainen are the ones that hurt us. All right, let's check some of these stats, Anthony. We have now Tyler Bertuzzi was the easy one. Marty LaPointe, good call, 5%. I think Mike Knubel was one of the better ones to go into that. Uh, Jason York. Aaron Downey, uh, West Walls. Yeah, there were a lot of guys. For Detroit, Boston. Yeah, West West Walls is like one of your favorites to go to. Me, I, I forgot West West. I think you always do. One point three percent on on Mike Canoeble. Aaron Ward, one point four percent. Landon Farrell. I can't believe a lot of people remember remembered him. Bill Ramford. I completely forgot him playing for uh, Detroit. Yeah. Robert Lang is another guy. I forgot him playing for Boston. So uh, we'll go from there. Uh, what was one of the Canadians ones? Chris Nyland was a 10 percenter. So good thing we didn't go with that one. Uh, Brian Gianna, PJ Stock. PJ Stock, always a good one. Um, former New York Ranger, PJ Stock. Alex Ald had a good amount of teams. Rogi Vajan, who actually we might be able to get him on. The, is it him? No, Rogi Vajan is a different guy. He's passed Surprise! I'm surprised Sergey Gonchar was less than one percent. I don't think anybody remembers him with Montreal. That's the thing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Jared Tenorti, easy one. Former New York Islander, thirty goal scorer, if I recall correctly, Marius Tchaikovsky, who also yeah. uh, married a Bond girl, wasn't he? Uh, yeah. The Brian Smolenski. 
Ryan Smolensky, you know, that's 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 a good one. Eric Weinrich. Former Islander. Uh, let's see if we got Patrick Tra- Traverse. There's a guy that as soon as I hear him, whoa, that just shot up. Uh, All right, I got I to gotta head out to the bus stop. So No problem. Uh, I'm right there behind you. So, guys, thanks very much for joining us. We're going to do more of these streams on a Tuesday, see if we can get some more shows in, uh, in between shows and in between me editing shorts left and right. That would be great. Anthony, take care. Go grab Ella. Everybody, thanks for joining us today. Yeah. And we will see you tomorrow night for the big show. Take it easy, guys. And be out, be out on the look for the new uh, Islander-centric show with me and my buddy. Uh, hopefully, once we get a day that works for both of us, we'll, we'll get that started up in the near future. So, all right. Talk to you guys later. Guys, take it easy. We'll see you soon.